So we are recording. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Pat Mulroy. Welcome to our podcast. We do this every day. Um, this was Anita's idea, who's here with us today. Um, but I'm the supervisor of the World of Learning Institute at Appalachia IUE, where we provide world language services and other courses when schools or districts can't find a teacher. So if you're in need of world languages or something like calculus or chemistry, um, you can reach me at pmulroy at theworldoflearninginstitute.com. You'll find more ways to reach me later. Um, but today I'm super excited because I have Anita Young, who's been with the World of Language for quite a while, and Amy Brooks from Baldy Galeri School District joining me today. And we want to spread the good word about our world of learning Spanish that we have brought into um, Bald Eagle Area School District. And just both of you are passionate about working with kids with all abilities and believe that they all should have opportunities, not just to learn languages, but to be um, in the community as full participants. And so I'm really excited to have the two of you talk with us today. So, um, Anita, since you've worked in this online environment for quite a while, I'll give you the first go at doing a little bit of an induction. Tell us a little about who you are and, uh, and just introduce yourself to the, to the group today. Sure. Um, so my name is Anita Young. I'm, uh, technically a virtual learning specialist at IU8. Um, I work primarily with the World of Learning, um, Institute. And um, my role at the World of Learning Institute is to support teachers, to support school districts, our students. Um, I kind of try to make sure everyone's happy. Um, but also in my role, I uh, continue to teach. Um, I continue to teach when I, found, I find those passion projects that I have um, or when the opportunity arises where I want to practice what I preach before I share it with teachers. So um, this passion project specifically, I am the Spanish, I'm currently the Spanish teacher for Bald Eagle Area uh, School District in regards to delivering their Spanish courses to the middle school life skills class and the high school life skills class. Um, and just a quick uh, why it's my passion project. Um, I am a mom of two, a seven and a five-year-old. Um, my seven-year-old, uh, she was diagnosed with autism at the age of three. And um, while we speak other languages at home, we were a little hesitant um, to introduce her to languages. And due to the pandemic, we did start to expose her a little bit. And I was amazed at how much she was learning so quickly. So I, I quickly realized that this shouldn't just be done at home, that all students should have the opportunity to be um, exposed and acquire Spanish if they would like to. So when we met with Bald Eagle last year about delivering to high school, neurotypical students, um, this conversation came up and um, John Tobias, um, he said, uh, all right, do it. And I was more than excited. Um, and I typically don't teach all year round classes, but this one, I just, I want to, and I, I can't let go. Um, so I, I do love it. So yeah, so that's a little bit about me. <laughs> Thanks, Anita. Yeah. And I know that you're super passionate, not just about you know, um, helping your child, but, you know, making a bigger change um, in, in the world of education around helping to make every child important in the eyes of the, the, 
the school and the subjects that they're going to be taught and exposed to. So, Amy, welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Thank you. This is, I'm sure, a big step out of your comfort level. Um, so thanks for joining us. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you do at Bald Eagle. I'm Amy Brooks, and this is my 17th year in the Bald Eagle School District. Um, I've worked in the special education department for my full um, tenure here, uh, but just very recently, uh, right, be- right before the pandemic, moved into a life skills position, which is which is new for me. Um, right now, I have a very diverse population of students. Um, in the middle school life skills classroom, um, you know, diverse in terms of their academic abilities, social skills, um, their functional skill levels, and so on. And as Anita said, we, we just met, uh, last spring, uh, to start bringing this whole plan to fruition. Uh, at that time, I would say I was very much a rookie when it comes to, uh, virtual learning. And so as the, as the students in my class are learning Spanish and other things, I'm, I'm learning so much right along with them. Um, and we're just really, you know, now here we are and seeing so many really, really amazing things happening in my classroom. That's awesome. Do you want to maybe, Amy, just expand a little bit? We talked about, um, you know, John coming into, you know, John is so fun. I mean, when we would get in meetings with him virtually, he's just like, everything's possible. You know, he he's going to do it, you know, and he's going to challenge the status quo, you know. And he said, I want my kids to be known in the community and to be seen. And um Tell us a little bit about like when, when John maybe came into your classroom and said, Hey, your kids are going to have Spanish next year. Um, well, first of all, to be clear, as you said, it, I, I mean, I cannot, I, I, I think all the time about how grateful I am to have an ad- administrative team that, uh, I know every single day that these kids are number one. All of the kids in our school are number one and they will do whatever they can to make the best things possible happen, um, for my students and the rest of the students in the building. So I have no doubt that they always have the best interests at heart. If we're being honest, I was very surprised whenever the, the topic first came up. Um, you know, historically, we found that in the Spanish classes here at the school, some of our learning support students have struggled. And so when this was brought up, I, I was surprised. Um, I wasn't sure what it would look like, what my role would be, um, how successful would the students be. And, you know, change is hard and new is sometimes scary. But we um, we talked about it. We met um, with the administrative team. We met with Anita and you and talked about what this would look like. And then we did the um, the pilot lesson last spring. And the kids were hooked. They were excited about it. And, um, you know, at that point, their their feelings were contagious. And, you know, I, I think at that point, I, I knew it was going to be a good thing. Awesome. Awesome. So, Anita. When, when John said it, I mean, I know your heart broke wide open. Like you were just like, this should happen for every single kid. Tell me a little bit about, um, kind of what led up to this. Like, you know, Amy talked about, we did, we had a bunch of meetings and I mean, I know we, we were like doing the happy dance. Like when we knew that there was a school district out there, like you said, Amy, that just really believes 
that all kids are number one. Like, doesn't matter. All the kids matter. And you don't always hear that all is all. So, Anita, let's let's talk about um, from your perspective as the person going into that classroom. Um, I remember getting a video from you, like after yeah. you did one of those. <laughs> you want to talk yeah. a little bit about so, some of that? Yeah. So I think when pretty much I was told, go ahead, try it. Let's try a demo lesson. Let's see how it goes. I thought, oh man, here's my time, right? Um, I remember doing a lesson with, with my four-year-old son at the time at home. And I'm like, what do you think about this? You think they're going to like that? You know, here I was asking a four-year-old for input. Um, but really it was an opportunity to differentiate and think about how we can deliver Spanish differently. And that was what was really important to me was to make sure that Spanish was able to be learned and acquired by all students. So it wasn't so much that, um, you know, like you said, sometimes Spanish in the classroom, learning sports students do struggle with it. Sometimes we don't see a lot of students with with IEPs and needs um, in in the regular Spanish high school classes. Right. So this was an opportunity to demonstrate the, the value of differentiation. Right. The value of modifying. Right. Your kids are still learning. Hola, como estas? Just like the high school students are. It's just a different way of exposing them. It's a different way of doing the lesson. So this was truly just an opportunity um, that I was so grateful for that Bald Eagle was willing to do this. Um, I think I rant and rave to every person I talk to about the possibilities that can happen. And um, I know since then, we have presented at multiple conferences talking about your students at Bald Eagle and the experiences that they have, um, because when I say students with with high needs, right, life skills classrooms or, or, or learning Spanish, I always get this look, just like most people think, like, wait, what? Um, yeah, they they can speak Spanish, like they can understand what I'm asking them in Spanish. Um, so they do, they do such a great job. Um, it is positive. I'll tell you what, I walk away from every single one of those classes happier than I ever came into class. Um, so yeah, so. I'll go ahead and continue if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, keep okay. going here. And um, so really, I think just the excitement level um, and the ability, and I think that's what happened when I first did the demo lesson. We had a recording of the excitement and and the ability to to participate, and I think I was just through the roof. So not only do I am able to bring the energy, but they give it right back, and it's just so much fun. Yeah. I mean, I remember and, um, Amy just dropped off. So when she comes back in, we'll, we'll clue her in on what we're talking about here. But, um, I, I remember your excitement. I remember getting that video and seeing <laughs> the student and he was the only student who was remote. He wasn't even in mm-hmm. the classroom. It was at the height of the pandemic. Right. And you, I mean, and I think as a teacher and as a, you know, like, I mean, you are a little bit like an administrator. Um, to see that light like in the students, but also like for me to see it in you, to see that like huge excitement in you about teaching, like you said about that everyday experience. And, and I think what it brings to us, like for every experience we have while you're giving the students a good experience, there's definitely like a payback coming at us around this program. Um, so before Amy gets back, hopefully she can get back in. Um, can you just talk about some of the advantages of 
having, like, I mean, you've taught in a variety of situations where, you know, they've, like she said, they've tried to put kids from, you know, like, you know, not just life skills, but to take kids from a learning support situation. What's the difference maybe um, in your process? Like you were talking about differentiation and mm-hmm. what's the difference between what we're doing here and what would happen, say, in a typical even class that we teach? Um, right. So our our goal with, um, you know, this particular group of students, for example, is the goal is to expose them to as much um, language that's comprehensible, Spanish language that's comprehensible to them. So they have the opportunity to understand what I am saying, as well as if they are confident and able to respond in Spanish that they are able to, right? This is their first year, their first opportunity, their first exposure to Spanish. Um, and some of them, as Amy had mentioned, right, they have very diverse needs. We have some children who are very verbal, right, um, and, and can use words and language. We have some um, who use their hands a little bit more to communicate. Um, so it, it's the ability to offer opportunities for students to respond in many ways, too. So if they um, want to respond in English, if they want to respond um in Spanish, or if they just want to, um, hi, Amy, uh, I'm talking a little bit about how, no, you're fine. I'm talking a little bit about how we differentiate with your classroom versus, you know, maybe a high school setting classroom or, you know, a neurotypical type setting. So um, really some of the students, um, especially in Amy's class, some of them will give me a physical response, a thumbs up, a thumbs down, a thumb sideways, you know, uh, hands in the air, whatever it may be that I ask of them. Um, some of them do respond in Spanish. Uh, some of them respond in English. And um, and some of them just kind of repeat a lot of the things I say or still participate in a way where if I say, let's get up and do this or let's get up and model this. So it, one thing I would say the biggest differentiation is giving multiple ways or multiple modes of communication, giving the opportunity for that, um, because we do have a variety of communication needs in the classroom. Um One of the other things that we do is most of our work is um, verbal auditory. Um, We don't do a lot of written work. There's no graded assignments. This is simply a fun class for these students to get exposed. There's low risk. Um, There's it's just fun for them. It's an opportunity to be a little silly in a different language, to listen to music, to do stories, to draw um, in a different language. And they Thoroughly enjoy it. I am just so amazed in a couple of months uh, what students can comprehend and what they can express in Spanish already. And some with very minimal prompting, like they can just do it on their own. We take attendance. And if I ask, you know, is so-and-so here? They can tell me, no esta, is not here. They can tell me a student is absent in Spanish without me prompting them. Um, so there are just... It is fantastic. Um, you know, just our simple routines. We do a lot of routine work. So there is a lot more repetition in our class for them to master content. But again, that doesn't hurt any student. We I was going to say, like, no, it doesn't hurt anybody. It was those in one class. of my notes. Like, you know, how would that be not good for everybody? You know, I mean, right, yeah. 
realistically, like how would it not make it more accessible for all the kids except the ones who maybe are good at memorizing? But Amy, thank yeah. welcome back. And you dropped off thank there. This is technology. Sorry. We just yeah. we just kind of said we'll catch you up when we get back. So we were just talking about the advantages. Like what were what are the advantages that we're seeing from this? Um so can you maybe talk about like I know that Anita's talking about like that differentiation and, and the advantages of uh you know, using a variety of techniques from her perspective, but what are you seeing in terms of maybe how they are in the classroom as a result of this kind of, you know, exposure and stretching? Like we're really taking them to the edge of places maybe that other people don't take them. Like we have this expectation and belief, like we really believe that they're capable. Um, to me, that's the difference. Like we believe that every, we really believe it. And if there's anybody who believes it, I know it's you and Anita. So um, can you just talk maybe about what you're seeing in that classroom around that? You know, you talked about, um, uh, you know, there are people that make assumptions about students that um, have special needs. And, um, you know, some of those assumptions are about their capacity to learn. And I think this program is showing well, we already knew. Um, and I, and I think my administration already knows, but it, you know, it shows everybody that every single person has the capacity to learn. Um, it's not always the way that you or I learn. Um, but, but it's happening. Um, as Anita said, it's, um, it might look a little different here. They might receive the instruction a little different. They might express what they've learned a little bit differently, but every single student is learning. Um, I, there, there's just been so many benefits and positive things that have come out of it. Um, as Anita said, there's, a, you know, it's a way to have fun. There's a lot of songs and activities and drawing. Um, but in addition to the Spanish, the students are also working on social skills. Um, and I think social emotional skills, there's a lot of talking about feelings. There's a lot of talking to your classmates. Um, you know, for some of the kiddos in my class, communication is a challenge. And so just looking at somebody making eye contact and saying hello is, is a huge step. And, and so there's, there's Spanish, but so much more happening there. Yeah. And, you know, the, the confidence that we all have in them, I think um, they recognize that we're, we're exposing them to this, um, which might not have normally been uh, an opportunity. And I think that communicates confidence that we have in them and their confidence is building, too. Yeah, I mean, and that communication piece, like and that's really what I'm like, you know, wondering about the the crossover. Like, do you see that crossover in them walking down the hall, you know, with their head up and maybe wanting to engage a little bit more wanting, I mean, I think you're already a very welcoming community there, but you know, like, are there, are there other gains that you have seen as a result of them kind of participating in this? Or, you know, even, you know, the students in my class are, uh, you know, some of them are very, very opposite ends of, you know, the learning spectrum and, you know, I think that they're finding out things about each other and interacting with each other, um, you know, or maybe they wouldn't have before, um, and, and valuing other kids in the class as a communication partner. Yeah. That's all, you know, it just, it opens my mind to think about so many other things that we, you know, don't 
you know, like you said in the beginning, Amy, we, we think about their capacity in a way that's negative versus positive. And I just remember being a health teacher and having some life skill kids class in my health classes. And when we would um, go to do an activity, they would be full participants, like where we would have kids like maybe act out what the heart did. And, you know, or they might have a different test or a different, they might have a coloring sheet or something like that. And I don't think that happens everywhere where students get, you know, like, how could it look different for them in, in every situation? You know, how can this be an example? I guess to me, this is a small step, a small example. You know, I always hope that in some small way, we're able to make a change that goes out into the larger world. And like Anita said, we talk about this all the time. Like, so talking to you today is one of those things like that. Now I've got like a list of ways that you're telling me that this has impacted the kids in a way that other people might have not ever thought possible. And it's not just Spanish. Yes. They're having a great time with the Spanish and the activities and the songs, but, but they're building confidence. Their communication is better their understanding, their feelings is better. You know, I'm hearing all those things. And it's like, we've got to do more with this. There's got, what other classes can we offer, you know, that will make this kind of impact for students? You know, like I was saying about my stepson, who's at Slippery Rock University, like nobody as high school would have ever thought that he would be able to be independent and live in a dorm. And he's doing great with support. He's, amazing and the things that he's able to do you know the sky's the limit because somebody believed in him you know and it's not his parents saying that you know you can go out in the world and be independent he is out in the world being independent and so I love this capacity conversation I'm I'm just super grateful I'm super grateful so um I don't know is there is there anything that I'm missing asking Anita that you know that what we've really tried to do and, and what the possibilities are? Um, I don't know about asking. I would, I would just, you know, and, and hearing from Amy and, and some of obviously my experiences, right. I'm in it. Right. Um, I think sometimes when I have mentioned to other people about us offering Spanish to, you know, non, you know what I mean? Like uh, other than the neurotypical students, right. Like your standard, um, I, like Amy said, like you get the people who, who think, wait a second, right? Really? Can you, I honestly, I think this is seeing to believe it, right? Like just like Amy even said, until we had that demo, I wasn't quite sure what this was going to look like. Um, like I really believe seeing is believing in this situation. For me, it was feeling it, right? Like I love meeting with these kids. Um, when I, when I get the chance to, they just, they make me happier. I, I see their excitement and I feel like every teacher's needs to be a part of having that excitement with kids. Um, so I, I do. I, and, and I just want to say a little caveat too, because I know we're virtual and some people are thinking, wait, how does this even happen virtually now on top of everything else? Um, but we have, honestly, Amy has been fantastic. Um, Cassie, the high school teacher is too. Um, and the kids do phenomenal with it. They, their behavior is wonderful. They're, it, it, it just smooths, re- it goes really smoothly, I should say. Um, and it is, it's exciting. We, we maximize our 30 minutes and, and we are speaking Spanish. We are hearing Spanish. We are participating in Spanish. Um, it's just a wonderful opportunity. 
Yeah. Amy, anything I, there? And truly, I hope if anything, you know, I hope my daughter someday in her schooling education in our school district, you know, does the same. And, and I wish all school districts were like Bald Eagle. And I, I've said that multiple, multiple times. Um, I do wish that everyone had that vision to provide students the opportunity, not just for Spanish, but for other stuff, too, that they might be interested in. So, okay, I'm yeah. off my soapbox. Yeah, you're good. You're great. <laughs> well, you can both close however you like. I mean, we're kind of winding down here. And one of the things that um, obviously the reason you two, um, you're, you're both inspired teachers. You're both inspired educators. Are there educators who inspire you? Are there podcasts or blogs or um, books you read, like something that has really inspired you that we could pass along to other people to say, yes, this is possible. And here's some other way, here's some other people who will tell you besides just Pat and Anita at the World of Learning and Amy over at Bald Eagle. I'll let Amy share first. Go ahead, Amy. I, Pat, I had talked to you about, um, I just finished my master's program during a pandemic. So my mental health has been at the forefront. So I've just been doing a lot of pleasure reading lately. Um, but since I'm also in what, what I am calling a rebuilding year, um, being new to teaching in a life skills classroom, um, I've been following several blogs that have, they've really been my lifeline um, as I'm trying to basically recreate the wheel um, in certain aspects of my classroom. Um, one of my favorite, and like I said, this is a blog and it's another teacher, a life skills teacher in California, but um, the blog is Adulting Made Easy. And there's just um, a lot of focus on um, teaching functional skills, um, working with those transition um, aspects um, and just really a lot of strategies, resources, and support that are specifically aimed at the life skills classroom and um, adolescent life skills students. Well, you know, Amy, like there is nothing wrong with reading for pleasure, especially during a pandemic. So I applaud you that you even tried to get a master's during a pandemic. Like, God bless you, seriously. Um, and I'm super excited. I'm looking forward to looking at Adulting Made Easy because I think I would like that course for myself, um, you know, but I think what an amazing, it's always amazing that there are other people out there, you know, who are willing to share their experiences and, and kind of highlight, you know, ways. And it's, it's a different kind of communication. It's virtual, but it's, it, it's a lot, like you said, it's a lifeline. How about you, Anita? I know you've, you've done a little bit on this topic. Yeah. So, um, so I also, like Amy, just finished a lot of graduate work um, myself. So I, reading for leisure was not too much going on, um, but I actually just started listening to a podcast um, and it's called One Bad Mother. Um, and I know that sounds like a, um, a unique title, but um, it's actually a podcast just about um, mothers in general and, and working mothers and um, mothers with special needs. You bring in doctors, just addressing every like school needs, um, the feelings that kids are coming home with the pandemic and, and how to manage those and, and give some tips. Um, so that's actually been wor- very worthwhile to me as our, it's been a little hectic around here um, in this household and everything and managing things. So um, it's actually been just, and there's some humor in it, which I can use some humor. Um, so it, it's kind of a fun <laughs> podcast. To listen to. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and um, Anita, I remember a while back, um, we both talked about the book called um, The Reason I Jump. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was about, a, a, you know, it's a book a 13 year old boy with autism right. wrote and, um, and he's a Japanese young man. I don't want to wreck his name, but it's um, Naoki Higashida, I think. And I'll put that blog in there, but I, it's, it's, it's so inspiring to me to think about um, how discounted sometimes people who are different are treated and how intelligent this young boy was and how aware he was. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes when I think about it and how discounted he was. Um, and, and it was also hopeful and inspiring. And, and I think, um, that's what Amy, you and, um, Anita do for me. You inspire me that you show up for these kids every day and that you believe in them. Um, you know, in the, the words of Ted Lasso, just believe, you know, just mm-hmm. believe, believe. And, and so I'm really thankful, um, to both of you, um, for your time today. So this is, this is our goodbye. I'm really grateful for you. We are the world of learning. Our podcast is we do this every day. Um, and with people like Anita, Olivia, Amy, Lauren, um, and all the teachers at the world of learning, we do this. So I hope you can follow us on our blog. Um, you can find us at worldoflearninginstitute.com, pmulroy at iu8.org. There's lots of ways to get in touch with us. We'd love to bring a life skills program to you and your school. Um, there's lots of good reasons to do it. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you.